When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome back to another Real Bucks Talk podcast. This is Michael Plus, and we are going to get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Atlanta Falcons today. A little bit of a different show. Um, really just going to go into uh, what we think of uh, the season so far, and obviously we're not where we want to be. Uh, we got a new coach uh, probably on the on the way. The big question is, will Jason Light be staying or will he be going? Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what, what happens as far as this week, um, pretty much already on to 2019 as most Buck fans are and, uh, going to have a special guest on, uh, tonight, um, Gene, uh, Thomas from Buck, what you heard. So a lot of people probably, you guys know of him, uh, he'll be calling in here shortly. Uh, but, you know, I just want to go over some things. I mean, some, uh, you know, we looking at this team and, you know, the big question of, is it talent or is it coaching? You know, it's probably a little bit of both. Um, you know, you look at the, you know, the big offensive line, uh, just the offensive line hasn't worked in general. Uh, it's been a mess. You look at, you know, the quarterback situation and then not taking advantage of, um, you know, mismatches weekly. The game plans have been poor. Uh, losing close games. Um, there's been a lot of losing, you know, just late leads or not – doing enough to uh, to win late, or we've been behind, and then our offense just doesn't do anything uh, in the second half. And that's pretty much been the case the last couple uh, last couple weeks um, here going forward. But, I mean, you look at this team going up against Atlanta, you know, I think it'll be a close game like always. Again, I'm not really looking for the, the outcome because I really don't care at this point. Uh, you know, if we win, great. If we lose, okay, that's awesome too. Um, you know, it's really about just seeing, you know, who's playing hard and who's not, you know, who's who's putting out that effort. I'm sure uh, Jameis will probably play well because he does well against the, um, the Atlanta Falcons. So, you know, that'll be the interesting part. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think... 
you know, Atlanta's coming in hot. Um, I mean, it'll be interesting. So you look at that, uh, you know, against Atlanta, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, uh, their defense, you know, they've been injured a lot. So they've been an underperforming team. A lot of people thought that uh, he was, you know, going to be, or the Falcons, I should say, were going to be one of the top, you know, front runners. But you look at it, um, you know, they just haven't had the season that they, they planned on. But, um, yep, and here's here's Gene Thomas as we speak. So let's put him on. Gene, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. All right. Let me see. Turn that up. There you go. Well, welcome, uh, Gene. This is uh, the Real Bucks Talk podcast. It's It's awesome to have you on. And, um, you know, it's, we look at the season, it just hasn't turned out the way we want, but, uh, here we are the final game and, you know, it's about time. I think everybody's ready for the off season and see what's going to be happening next. Yeah. You know, this has been, this has been very frustrating for me. Uh, you have a team with that's loaded with talent and I would argue that with anybody and, uh, a lot of players just aren't used right, uh, squandered opportunities to score. And, and missed opportunity to put a team in a position to win. And uh, I guess that's been the theme for, for the whole season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, we, you know, we talk about it on our show. And if, if, for those who don't know me and Gene, we do our own podcast called Buck What You Heard uh, via YouTube. And we talked about this last night. It's, it's just the same things over and over again, where, you know, we're not putting the guys in position to be successful uh, you know, Dirk Cutter, I think, came out yesterday talking about how his offense is a vertical offense, and we like to get big plays down the field, which is all great. Um, but then he talks about, you know, dumping the ball off and pretty much like saying like he's pretty much blaming others for for his downfalls, which was, you know, kind of sad to see. I mean, how arrogant can you be, you know, knowing that you have a poor offensive line that can't block to to create those big offensive plays down the field? And now you're, you know, putting on the quarterback and, and others. I mean, that just shows you, I mean, he's pretty much on his way out. You know, and, and this, is what I, this is what I see. You know, when I, when I look at this offense, when I look at this coach, um, he doesn't like to make adjustments. I had the same argument with Greg Schiano. Mm-hmm. I had the same, I had a similar argument with Lovey Smith. These are guys that feel like when they implement their game plan, their game plan is supposed to go from the first quarter to the fourth quarter. And, it, it should work according in, in their minds. It should work no matter what kind of opposition they're facing or what, what they're facing or, or whatever defense they're facing that, that game plan should work. And, and that's just not the case. I mean, you have to be able to be flexible and, and make adjustments. There are injuries. Uh, there, there's so many different things that can happen and you just have to be able to make those changes on the fly. And you only see certain coaches that are able to, to do that. Right. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at you look at the winning teams right now in the league. You look at, you know, let's look at the Saints. I mean, the Saints are the obvious uh, pick. I mean, they're in our division. Um, yes, we don't like them, but, you know, they are pretty good. I mean, they just – they understand who they are, and they have a game plan, and they just – they execute it, but they – it's not the same thing every week. You know, they have something different as far as how they're going to attack defenses – um, obviously, it, you know, it helps to have Drew Brees, but, you know, they just, they know who their guys are and they know what they do best and they don't put them 
out of their comfort zone to say the to say the least. I mean, they make sure you know these guys are in spots where they know they can win their matchups, and that's something the Bucks they just don't do it. They don't do it enough. You know, and and you know, you talk about the Saints. Uh, tell you what, their head coach, and here's a guy that's able to just uh, case in point. The Super Bowl was a example of it that went out and they made adjustments and it worked out to their benefit. That's that's the kind of thing I'm I'm looking for when a coach can identify, hey, there's an issue. Let's uh, let's take the Atlanta Falcons game last year uh, where Julio Jones. I think he watched the Bucks for like 211 yards or something, something, something crazy, mm-hmm. some Madden-like score. Uh, but they didn't make adjustments. They didn't try to fix. They they identified there was an issue, but they did nothing to really try to get that that issue fixed. And and that's been a symptom. That's a symptom of a, of a bigger problem. But but that's just one of the things that I've seen. And uh, you know, everybody's talking about changing coaches. You you have to. I just, and you know, I talked about this last night, and I ask you again, do you see a dirt cutter coaching a football team in the playoffs to to win a game, to win at least one game? Right, yeah, it's it's a no. I mean, you just, you can't see it because of what he's put out there, you know, over the last three years. It's just been so up and down, and that's the biggest thing. Like, he is so, he's so high when everything's going well, and then he's so down when you know, the losing starts and it's, it's not something you want from your head coach. You got to have a leader, a guy that, you know, is going to hold these guys accountable. And we just, and that's the biggest thing, you know, as we look for a new head coach coming up here soon, you know, that's the biggest thing I think this team needs is accountability. And I hope, you know, with a new coach that they, they find that, I mean, it's gotta be, um, a leader. You need that top guy to be your leader. And that's something we just haven't had. Yeah, and, and I think another thing you have to throw in there is balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you, you want a vertical you want a vertical offense. Nothing wrong with that. But you have to mix in the run game. You have to mix in underneath. There's there's so many things that, that make that that all vertical offense dynamic. And when you're just focused on specifically a vertical offense, I mean, uh, it's easier to game plan against. And, um, you know, when it's not working, it's not working, and you have nothing else to fall back on. So, right. I, I don't know. Just an outside. I'm not a head coach or anything like that. But that's you know one of the things that I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was. I think he said it yesterday. He was talking about his offense, and he's like, he's like, yeah, teams know that we want to go down the field, and you know they're playing back, so the check down has to be the option. But I mean, why are you not game planning towards that and taking advantage of that? Take the underneath routes and maybe design something, you know, to get the easy yards. And we just don't see that. It's just not, you know, here's our routes. This is what we're going to do. And you're forcing Jameis to, you know, wait back there in the pocket when he just doesn't have the time. Uh, It it makes no sense to me. It's very uh, mind boggling. And you you probably realize now why the offense is doing what it's doing in the last couple of weeks. I mean, they just haven't been able to find any rhythm because these teams know. And, you know, I, I have to ask, uh, have they considered running like a hurry up or, you know, even like a, like a sugar huddle mm-hmm. where you're, you're getting to the line faster, you're getting Jameis in rhythm and you're moving the ball down the field. I, I, I think that when you've seen Jameis at his best is in that two-minute offense and when, when everything's clicking. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's just 
the, the way they're they're running that offense, I just don't see how they could be successful other than those those two and a half games and uh, you know a few other games I just the way they've been playing and I just yeah I no I agree I mean it's just yeah I mean they were doing that early in the Cowboys game uh you know and they were getting in rhythm Jameis was hitting the short passes you know, doing that two minute hurry up. And that's something that they, they got to look at. Um, you know, that's something I think Jameis would excel at is he's got to have a rhythm offense where it's timing routes. Um, and he doesn't really have to, uh, really read the field. It's kind of just, uh, pre-dedic, you know, uh, predicted and he can just go one, two and get rid of the football. I think that's, you know, that's what Carson Wentz does. That's what, um, Patrick Mahomes. Like that. Say that again, Gene. I'm sorry. Oh, must have lost Gene. I don't know. I'm sorry. Can't hear you. Oh, there you go. All right, you're good. Were you going to say something? I. I. Uh, Hold on. You're breaking up there. Uh. Oh. There we go. Choppy. Hold on, Gene. Let me, uh, how about you? Yeah, call me back. There you go. Sorry about that. A little connection problem. But anyway, what we're talking about is just, you know, it's, I mean, it's just common sense. I mean, you got to take advantage of, you know, what you have and, uh, you know, we have so many playmakers on this team and that's, that's the frustrating part. You don't have, um, you know, OJ Howard, uh, there's Gene. Let's see. Hopefully can you hear me now? Are we good? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Sorry about that guys. A uh, little, uh, disconnection. Um, but what we were saying is like just the, you know, the overall talent on this team is so good. Like you have a good core, but they need direction. And for whatever reason, we just don't, we don't have that with his staff, and, you know, that's the reason why they're going to be out. You know, when you have playmakers like Mike Evans, like, he should have more touchdowns than he has. I mean, to only have five, I mean, you got to utilize those guys. Yeah. And and I want to, you know, I want to ask you, I know this is your show, but I do have one question for you I didn't get to ask you last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see the Bucks going away from attacking the end zone? Uh, the, the passes and plays that I've seen, uh, I really see them attacking the end zone. And I was just wondering, is that by design or is that just because of field position or am I just mis- am I, am I seeing this right? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about like as far as the red zone when they're in there? And yeah, as far as, the, as far as, you know, going looking at the end zone, that's, uh, I would say from the 30 on in, um, just taking shots at the end zone. Yeah, I mean... And that's the thing, like when they get down in there, like you're you're still running your offense, you're trying to make big plays, you know, towards the trying to get the touchdown when you're, you know, thirty yards and out. But once you get into, you know, like last week when they're inside the ten and they take that delay of game penalty, which was just outrageous. Um, you know, and he makes the excuse of, Oh, okay, we're gonna have more uh space to run our routes. I mean no, you you got to be creative inside there and create space, and that's that's the biggest thing with teams. Like they just feel they can run their their playbook, but 
you look at the successful red zone teams, they're creative down there. You see a lot of misdirection. You see uh, halfback passes, wide receiver passes. Um, it's just a, it's a combination of things where you get these teams off balance, and we just there's just none of that. Yeah, yeah. There's just no imagination, and, and mm-hmm. I think that that totally pisses me off when you have this level of talent and you're not trying to find ways to get the ball in their hands. Deshaun Jackson, I mean. I mean, why why not you try that bubble screen that they're using with uh, Hump? Why? I mean, Deshaun Jackson is faster. I, I, I just I, there are players, and I don't believe like OJ Howard. They haven't been using OJ Howard to uh, his his best abilities, you know. Mm-hmm. And and that's just another thing that just frustrates me. You've got these guys, and they're sitting here, and they have this talent, but you're not using them to their strengths, as we've been talking about. And this was a this was the topic of discussion before the season started was execution and coaching. Mm-hmm. We were we were both looking at the coaching very closely, and it, it it is what we were afraid it was to be. You know, at, at some point, you know, if they didn't try to improve, this is the worst case scenario, and we're looking at it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was the one thing I think I mentioned to you before the season. It's like, yeah, I can see ten wins, but then I look at this coaching staff, and it's like. I don't know. I mean, that's what could hold them back, and it's it's been the case. I mean, that's why we're going on five and eleven once again, or maybe six and ten. Who knows? Uh, but anyway, let's. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more. We didn't talk about it much last night. I know this this last game. I mean, personally, what do you want to see from you know this last game? Is it just you know total effort as far as guys who's really playing out there? Is that what you're looking for, or do you look for um, you know just the younger guys and and seeing what they have? Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty much a toss up for me. I think it's going to be a close game. I, I want to see, I, and I, I want to see players like Ronald Jones on the field. Right. I want to see. I want to see as many of the rookies, as many of the guys that uh, are unsigned free agents, just guys that would normally not make this team if it weren't for injury. Uh, I want we we need to film on these guys so for next year you you have an idea of, of what you're looking at, whoever the coach may be or general manager, whatever the case may be here, uh, just getting a chance to see those guys play and let's see what they can do. Uh, I just, you know, a lot, a lot of people have written off Ronald Jones, and, and it's frustrating the way that they've used him as well. Uh, he, what you see is what you get, kind of, and I would like to see him behind a, a better line, and let's see what he can do behind a better line. I just, I think that when he gets the ball, he's hit immediately. I mean, it's it's not... Like he's getting to the line and hit, he's getting hit in the backfield, and right. I don't know. It's just frustrating to watch that. And people are looking at this kid and saying, "Oh, he's a bust and he's horrible." But we haven't got to see him at his best. And you know, I know some some players make plays, but I would like to see him in better circumstances than than what we've seen him and the different opportunities he's had of things is horrible mm-hmm. to uh, bring him out to let him run the ball. You know, I agree. I mean, you look at the the stats, I think it was 44 yards after contact, and he's got 42 yards on the season. So, I mean, that pretty much says it all. Uh, You know, let's – and, you know, looking at this game against the Falcons, you know, Falcons have been uh, on a little mini hot streak. I mean, they got some talent back. I mean, looking at their side of things, I mean, how disappointing do you think the Falcons fans are? Because, you know, they were kind of – 
they were projected to be one of the top teams right there with the Saints, and then they get just injuries after injuries uh, to their defense. Uh, do you think, you know, you know, obviously the offensive coordinator now is going to be up in question for them. I mean, as far as changes go, uh, do you think that was the wrong move as far as going after uh, Sharkeesan after they had, I believe it was Kyle Shanahan. It just, it just doesn't look like it's been the same for them. No, it, it really hasn't. I, I believe that uh, what you had with uh, Matt Ryan, where he had bought into the uh, what the offensive coordinator was wanting to do, and then you come in with Sharkeesian, who I I am unsure what they saw in him, you know, to bring him in as offensive coordinator personally, mm-hmm. uh, just looking at his body of work. But, um, you know, they saw something, and they felt it would fit in with, with their game plan in, in Atlanta, and unfortunately it didn't. And uh, it's one of those things you just kind of have to move forward with it. But, uh, you know, Matt Ryan is, is a guy that he needs, he needs the right coach there. And we, we've seen that where uh, when Dirk Cutter came in, how he, uh, how much he improved and, and he took that leap and, um, you know, how important that was for him. But uh, after, the, uh, after the firing, after Mike Smith and everybody was let go, you know, he kind of took a step back. But, you know, he moved forward again. And now here we are, uh, Sharkeesian came in and just didn't. And I know injuries played a big part in it, but right. uh, at the end of the day, uh, there were a lot of times, I mean, when you've got a, a Ridley and a, um, and a Julio Jones when they're healthy, I mean, uh, you should be able to, again, you should be able to do the thing yeah. know, with that kind of offense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but, you know, just looking over the last couple of weeks, it looks like they've, you know, they've gotten the run game going, which is huge. I mean, Tevin Coleman, that's going to be one of the big free agents uh, this offseason, and we'll see where he ends up. Maybe he re-signs, who knows. Um you know, he's probably a good good contract. But then you look at, you know, just their defense in general. I think they have, you know, some good young players on that side of the ball. I mean, getting Deion Jones, who we're going to face this week, that was, a you know, getting him back is huge for their defense. He's kind of the leader. He's kind of like the, the Quan Alexander of the Bucks. So, uh, you know, you can see the difference. I mean, granted, the last two opponents haven't been great teams, but, you know, to hold, you know, Carolina, they pretty much shut them down to 10 points, and then they – uh, I believe they shut down an Arizona Cardinals team, but the, you know they're struggling, obviously. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how this game, you know, plays out. You know, I would like to see the Bucks at least uh, be competitive, which I think they will be. I think it'll be a close game. But I mean, w- what's your thoughts on it? Do you do you really care if they win or lose, or is it just kind of, you know, I'm just ready for you know next you know off season and see what happens. It's it's about talent evaluation. To be honest, uh, right. this game is is pretty much I won't say meaningless. I, I don't want to see I want to see a team change. Uh, me personally, uh, I am a I dislike the Atlanta Falcons, and anytime that the Bucks lose to them, it's just kind of evil. But I would like to see the team go out and play and be competitive. I want to see Kappa out there. I want to see Ronald Jones. I want to see some of these guys that uh, and more Anthony Alcoper. Get him out there and let's. Let's get some of these guys out here and and let's see what they what they can do up against uh, a first string team and and how they how they produce. Mm-hmm. Uh, this may be a an audition for Dirk Cutter as an offensive coordinator somewhere. Uh, so you know I think that he would want to put his best foot forward. So um, it's a lot a lot of different things that that could 
could come out of this game. But I, I do want them to play and play to win. You know, if they lose, they lose. I'm not gonna lose. I'm not gonna be upset about it. But if they win, that's that's just as good as well. I I'm just kind of on the fence about it. I'm I'm a fan first. I want this team to win. I'll worry about the draft later because I've always believed that the general manager, no matter where you put them in the draft line, they should be able to draft the best player for that team no matter what, whether it's the first pick or the 32nd pick. No, I, I agree with that. I think, you know, you look at, I think it was, uh, you know, Tom Metrics uh, that we talked with, Thomas Bassinger uh, from the Tampa Bay Times. We get into this a lot, and he, he talked about it. He was talking about how, um, you know, draft pick and, and overall uh, as far as your, you know, how high you are. Like the Bucks, for instance, last year were at seven but we're able to trade back and get picks, you know, and then he brought up the point of, of the Derek Brooks draft where we did pretty much the same thing. We traded back to 12 to get Warren Sapp and then traded up to get Derek Brooks. So, you know, there's, there's a fine line between it, but, you know, I think, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how this works out, but, you know, I'm with you. I want us to win first, obviously, but, you know, if we can get a better draft pick, then I'm for that too. I guess I'm kind of <laughs> in both boats, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting. But enough for this week. I just wanted to ask you, you know, a couple questions for uh, for next for this coming up off season, which is like like today, for example, we had the Deshaun Jackson report. Uh, what do you, what what was your thoughts on that? I mean, it's not really surprising. Yeah, you know, I I I've always been a Deshaun Jackson fan. Uh, I, I thought it was great having him here. I I wish that he could have been used better than, than what it was. And uh, I understand his frustration. He's getting older. He wants to he wants to compete for a Super Bowl. He thought he was coming to a team that was going to take that leap. That was that was his belief when he came to Tampa, and it just hasn't come to fruition. So I totally get his frustration. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know whatever happens with him and his mom and. His family, I wish him nothing but the best. I, I, I love the guy, to be honest, and I don't really have anything I have to say about him because he came in thinking that Tampa was on the verge of, of making that jump and they were going to be competitive and, um, you know, they were going to bring bring Tampa back to, you know, what it once was. But it, it just didn't work out like that. So, yeah, I'm I'm good with him going. I, I think it's both the, both the team and player where uh, – for the salary cap reasons for, for Tampa and for them to be able to go to a team and compete for a Super Bowl championship. So mm-hmm. it, were, it would work out for both 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 parties if, if that's what No, I agree with that. I think, you know, I don't have any problems with Deshaun either. You know, the only negative that I can say about him is I just wish he wouldn't, um, you know, put some stuff out as far as social media and, and um, maybe just keep those things to himself. But I understand his frustrations. I mean, he was brought in here to be the big play guy, and we just haven't been able to utilize him correctly. And uh, it's really just hasn't worked out. I mean, him and Jameis, I mean, just couldn't get on the same page. And I can understand, you know, his usage, you know, being the big part of it as far as being disappointed in that aspect. Because, like you said, I mean, Dirk doesn't really use him, you know, the way he probably should be used. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating. So, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with that. I think he was going to be probably released anyway, you know, however the season went. I just don't think they were going to pay him uh, what he was due coming up in the 2019 season. 
but I wish him the best. I think he's going to be – he'll probably get on a team and he'll have success somewhere because that's just the kind of player he is. I mean, he's had success pretty much everywhere he's gone. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's that, and I, I wish him well, and I think he'll do well. But uh, next question was, like, looking back at this season, I mean, what's your biggest – What's your biggest positive as far as this this 2019 season? The biggest positive thing is the rookie the rookie class. Uh, I I still uh, you know I'm still waiting to see what Ronald Jones does, so I'm not going to include him. But the the cornerbacks that the Bucks brought in, I know a lot of people have been uh, saying some pretty negative things about them as they've been coming along. But when you consider who the defensive coordinator is and how they are utilized and you know, I want. I, I'm happy to have them here. I think you're you're creating depth in the secondary. Uh, Jordan Whitehead is a, another uh, another player that I'm I'm very happy to see. Uh, you know, see how he's progressed. Uh, Evans, uh, just getting him healthy and trying to keep him on the field will he he can prove to be a very big positive as well. Um, to me, a lot of the things that people are griping and complaining about are things that I see as, as a positive. Because I'm looking at Vernon Harbricks coming back healthy next year, and you put him in uh, with the rest of the, the mix of uh, younger players, and I think that, you know, you, you could have something special if they're schemed right. Uh, I want to see uh, Vernon Hargraves and, and Press Man. I want to see what he can do, um, you know, with that defensive line playing like it is. Uh, just players that they've, they've got on there. Vita, I mean... We both we were both happy with the Vita Vea pick, and it's documented on video that we were both happy with that pick. And he came along slowly, but we live in a microwave society, and people will fit right now mm-hmm. instead of considering that this guy was injured before preseason and then through four games of the regular season. So if you let's let's kind of say what if here, if he had been healthy. He would have played through the preseason, what four games, and and he would have got pretty good. He would have got a lot of playing time, probably in the first, third, and fourth games. First and in fourth games, he would have got a lot of playing time just because of the rookie. Then he's conditioned enough to where he's ready to go in first game of the season, and then he'll slowly build up the speed of the NFL as those games progress. But because all that was taken away from him, and he came back what game six, game five, right? I can't remember where he. Yeah, came. yeah, he came back when he came back. As he was slowly getting it, getting it, getting it, now you're seeing more splash plays out of him, and and see what he's capable of doing. And and to me, we're just barely scratching the surface. This is a young kid, and just his his ceiling, his ceiling's up there, and he's fast, and and I think that he's going to fit in good with this. This defensive line with a with a Carl Nessa and uh, you know JCP and some of these other players that I don't know who they're going to keep or who they're going to let go, but you can plug in plug now. You can bring in a free agent. You can bring in uh, you know a rookie or somebody like that, and you plug them in, and you know, your your defensive line should get better. You're uh, if you have a good talent evaluators. So um, I'm excited about the defense. I know I'm kind of long-winded, but there's so much to uh, you look at it now, looking back and uh, what they were come with uh, defensive, uh, awful defensive coordinator to where they are now. I'm just really looking forward to next season for them. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a great answer. I agree. I think, you know, my biggest positive would probably be Carl Nassip. I mean, just the addition of him uh, has been outstanding. I really like how he's been playing and uh, pretty much got him for free, which is always nice. So, uh, yeah, he's he's played outstanding. Um, my next question would be, you know, when you look at this team, what do you think is, is the biggest, like, list your priorities as far as needs? I mean, it could be from, you know, coaching or – or offensive line, whatever. I mean, okay. Uh, I'll start. Let's start with the uh, with the coaching. Uh, you have to get that coach in there. That's going to play to people's strengths. We've been preaching it for a while, and uh, uh, again, the coach has to be selected. And that kind of ties into the offensive line. Uh, this offensive line is they're missing some pieces, and and I think it would be a good opportunity to bring in some guys to compete because. When you have a fifth-round pick uh, playing the last share of snaps, that, that's, that's a problem to me. That's a, a, a huge problem, and that's something that needs to be addressed immediately, uh, you know, a, as soon as possible with uh, the, the best option to upgrade in that position. Because, I mean, look at uh, Caleb Beninock, and Caleb Beninock should have been nothing more than a rotational player. But... He's getting too many snaps, and we see why he was a fifth-round pick. And right now, with his time in the league, what you see is what you get. I just don't see improvement from him uh, moving forward. So he's a guy, you, you bring him in if there's three or uh, either somebody, that's when you would bring in a Caleb. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah, he's just – I think he's more suited to actually play tackle and he's just, he's not, he doesn't have that guard body. Um, you know, we thought at times he could be that guard, but, uh, he's just, I mean, he's regressed, uh, dramatically and it just doesn't, it just hasn't worked out. You know, for me, I think, you know, priorities, I agree with you. I think it's coaching staff. I think it's offensive line it has to be the two biggest, uh, focuses, uh, going into this off season. You look at the running game, they got to find a way to be able to effectively run the football, uh, and that leads into into my next question. I mean, what do you think of this running back group? I mean, I know we're not giving up on Rojo, but what do you think of, like, a Peyton Barber? I love Peyton Barber. I love his heart. I love what he can do. Uh, Peyton Barber is – I'm not going to compare the two as the same, but when you look at the New Orleans Saints, uh, Peyton Barber would be like the Mark Ingram where – you mentioned this. You may have mentioned this. Whereas what we're missing or the Bucks are missing – is that um, is is that change of pace back? The guy who can catch the ball, who can run the ball, who you can line him up in the slot if you if you really wanted to. He that that humility back that can get you yards. I mean, uh, with Alvin Kamara, the the Saints to the run and and uh, can't stress enough how how easy that was. So you know, with with the the NFL being a copycat league, I would really hope that the Bucks would, would try to get somebody who can catch the ball out of the backfield and make the plays. They use that speed and space that we talked about. Right, absolutely. I mean, that's that's what I want to see next season is, like, guys just creating space, guys getting open and, and utilizing their, like you said, speed and, and being able to make guys miss. I think that's probably the biggest thing, like, if we can add to the running back core, I would say is, like, you need a guy that can make guys miss. Uh, break tackles is one of the big aspects of a running back, and that's something I would like to see this team uh, add to. Uh, 
But, you know, you look at it, you know, the season as a whole, I mean, it's just not what we wanted, obviously, as Bucks fans. I mean, another disappointing year, uh, injuries and, and quarterback uh, inconsistencies, coaching inconsistencies, uh, pretty much just all around the board. I mean, it just wasn't up to par. And it, it, it reminds me of the, the Jeff Fisher effect, you like to call it. Mm-hmm. I believe that a right-hand coach could flip this team around. I think there's enough talent to where they become competitive. If they can get that um, consistency, that execution, and imagination on both sides of the ball and balance, I think they could flip this team around and make them competitive. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, with that being said, I mean, have you have you looked at any uh, particular coaches that that you would favor, or are you just kind of looking for um, you know certain intangibles as far as what they could bring? Uh, right now. Um, trying to put a list together I, i'm waiting for the the off season i mm-hmm. want to see what coaching staffs get let go what offensive coordinators will be available right um there's a lot of different things it's, it's still kind of early for me but um i know the the glaziers are i'm sure and jason Light are actually in the process of of doing that and uh, again and i'm not to uh jump ahead of you or anything like that but i would like to see jason Light finish out what he started just to see what he what he could do i mean mm-hmm. uh, i think another year uh could be a difference there he's never really been able to pick his head coach i think that um with the level of talent he has in there uh just getting the right coach in to be able to uh use his talent to the fullest uh, i would i would like to see him at least have some say in uh into the coach would be consistent all the the talent he's brought in and, and the thing he's put in place. Right. No, absolutely. No, I agree with that. I think uh, I would definitely want to keep Jason Light. You know, I'd like to see who he could, you know, get as his guy. And, you know, we talked about that last night. There's a big disconnect between, you know, the staff and, and uh, the front office. And you just like to see what he could do with, you know, knowing that both the coaching staff and him are on the same page. Uh, it'd be nice to see. But, no, I agree with you. Um, you know, last question, and then we're gonna. I'm probably gonna wrap it up here. But uh, what do you think of like a Vic Vangio from Chicago? You know, that defensive style. Do you think you know that kind of coach, a defensive minded coach? If you know, you think that could still be very successful? Absolutely, I, I think that would be great. I think uh, your your defense go from being uh, average. I think that boost them. I would it would boost the the defense. Uh, you know, I don't know if they would even keep Duff or not, or, or if there would be a place for him. And, and by the way, he's done a great job. But kind of getting back to my point, um, if you get the right offensive coordinator in place and a defensive coordinator, um, I'm not real thrilled with coaches that try to call plays and be a head coach. Right. Uh, there's only a few coaches that can do it good. And let's let's be honest here. There's only maybe three, maybe two or three that I can think of that can do it good. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, they you use that eye for detail, and it's been, they, the devil's in the detail is true. I mean, I look at things that Cutter is missing because, and, and I'm not sure he's focused more on offense more than anything. And uh, despite what he may tell us, uh, I know that he's got a bigger hand in the offense than he wants to let on. Because I can promise you, I don't know of any other head coach in the NFL that would have owned. A, uh, a delay of game penalty like that 
with the game on the line and uh, putting themselves in a position to, to win the game in, in Dallas and, you know, setting himself up for uh, the last game of the season that go on some kind of little mini run. So, right. uh, again, I, I just think that uh, you have to have a coach that is able to maintain the whole team, not just offense or defense, but be able to have his guys in place and, and you know, run the team, take care of details, that changes everything. It it has to be that coach that gets you to the next level. No, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, great points, Gene. Uh, thank you again for uh, for joining me tonight. Uh, this was this was awesome having you on uh, our our podcast. And then you know it's always a pleasure talking. I'm excited, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Uh, it was fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Bucks fans. I mean, you look at it. This is a team that we both feel has a lot of potential and that can that can really turn this thing around quickly. And I think if the Glazers realize that and understand, if we just get the right person in here. Uh, you know things are gonna are gonna change, and that's you know that's where it starts. It starts with the the culture and the head coach and how he leads by example, and hopefully we find that right guy. Uh, but Gene, anyway, thank you so much. I'm gonna let you go uh, here. Before I let you go, give your final thoughts as far as uh, just the season, and then you know where can everyone find you? Okay, uh, you can reach me uh, Buck. What you heard on Twitter? Uh, that's the main way you can catch me. Just follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, Looking forward to the offseason. My final thoughts are this. We're all Bucks fans, and we want this team to win. We would like to see this team go to the Super Bowl. Regardless of whether the guy that you like doesn't make it here or the coach you want or the general manager you want doesn't make it here, we still want this team to go to the Super Bowl. That's the main goal. That's the reason we come and we go to games and we follow this team is because that's what we want as an end result. So try to put that out of your head that you want this team to fail because your guy isn't here or you want to write about something and just enjoy this team. And I know they haven't given it a lot to enjoy, but I think with the level of talent that we have on this team, if they can get the right coach in, I think it'll be a big difference. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Gene. Uh, you have a great night, and, and go Bucks as always. And uh, talk to you soon, okay? All right, go Bucks. All right, man. All Take right, you- later. Yep. Well, there you have it. That was uh, Gene Thomas from Buck What You Heard. Uh, it's always a good time talking with him and having him on. And uh, I apologize for the little technical difficulties we had there in the beginning, uh, you know, trying this this new thing in where we have people call in. So, uh, you know, first time doing it, had a little struggles, but we did okay. Uh, we picked it up. But, you know, anyway, you know, in my closing thoughts on this, uh, you know, this Bucks team, you know, we've just been – We've had these expectations, right? Every year, it's like we seem like this is going to be our year. We're going to finally figure it out. Uh, But whatever it is, either it's players or coaches, and it just seems like we can't find that right mix. So hopefully, you know, going into, you know, 2019, as we look ahead, you know, hopefully the Glazers can make that right choice. You know, there's been rumors of uh, finding a team president, and that's something I wouldn't be opposed to. And if they find the right guy, and he can get the right GM and the right head coach in here, whether it be Jason Light or whoever. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the off season. I mean, this is the time where, you know, us, you know, me and Mark, real buck stock, we really get into it as far as draft. And you know, I've already been looking at you know offensive line prospects because I think that's where, that's where it's going to be the biggest need. Um, 
But, you know, and to close this out, you know, I, I mentioned Vic Vangio, you know, as a guy that I think could be a good candidate. I think that's someone that we should at least attempt to look at. Uh, you know, I looked at him earlier today, and, you know, he has got an impressive resume. I mean, the last two stints, San Francisco and Chicago, I mean, he's been very impressive when he has those pass rushers. It just shows you how good his defense is and really coaches his guys up, very atten- you know, attention to detail. The only thing I question is, you know, who would he bring in as far as the offensive side and how would that work? And, you know, is he ready? I think he is. But, you know, looking at it from, you know, a leadership standpoint, you know, could he be that guy to command a room? And it looks like he can just based on the way uh, the defense plays and, Uh, I mean, they're aggressive, and that's what I like. I want to see aggressive defense, but, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to see who's going to be leading the the new Bucks in in 2019, and and hopefully we make the right moves. But with that being said, I think we're going to close it out. And be sure, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to follow us on iTunes, Podbean, uh, Google Play, at RealBucksTalk on Twitter. Uh, be sure to give us comments, you know, your thoughts, um, whatever you're thinking, you know, let it hit, let us know and we'll bring it up on the podcast and and talk about it. Uh, we really appreciate it, all that you guys do. And, uh, like I said, with that being said, go bucks and everyone have a great night.